right, we're going to, as I thought about the word that I want to share with you this morning, and I, I just kept coming back to this, I want to talk about my best friend. I don't, I don't see, you know, we don't seem to talk about him enough. And who I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is my best friend. He is everything to me. He's my life source. He's what keeps me going. He's what comforts me when I'm down. He's everything to me. So I, I want to talk to him. I know we've had some teaching not too long ago from Pastor about the Holy Spirit, and so in which he did an excellent job on. I am so proud of our pastor and the word that he is bringing to us. It's a, he's just been right on with what God is saying to him. So having said that, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 16. And I'm going to read from uh, the New King James Version. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. It's, it's towards the end of his ministry. So he's kind of preparing his disciples for his going back home to the Father in heaven. So let's pick it up at verse 5. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking me, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the avocado won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and he will see me and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it right now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit, he will, is the word he is capitalized. He is a person. It's not an it. It's a person and he will guide. Everybody say guide. That's a key word for our teaching this morning. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has learned, what he has heard, I'm sorry. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father and to me is mine. This is why I've said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me.
And so, as we look at this scripture and we're talking about Jesus, he says it's important that I go away and so that I can send you the Holy Spirit and he will be your teacher now. And you say, why is that so important that Jesus went away? Because you see, while Jesus was here on the earth, he, he was in his body. So if we wanted to touch from the Lord, we had to go to Jesus. So wherever Jesus was at, we had to go and touch Jesus. And that he drew a crowd everywhere. And so the beauty of Jesus going, and he's no longer here, he's in heaven. And the beauty of that is that he has the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. Now, I know this is hard to really grasp and understand. But in Genesis 1, 2, when Jesus, when it says in beginning, God began to create all that we see in existence. In chapter 2, it says, in the Holy Spirit, Hoover, over the face of the earth. So before everything came in existence, the Holy Spirit was the one in action that made it happen. So I want you to think about that for a second, that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's every, all over the world. Now I want you to listen to this. And, uh, this is what David, King David had to say about uh, the Holy Spirit. So, if you will, it's in Psalms 139. Let me see if I can get there. This, you know, these technology is not, they're great, but they're not always. But I have to use this for me to be able to see the scriptures. So, all right, here we are. So it's uh, Psalms 139, verse 7 through 10. This is in the New Living Translation. I could never escape from your spirit. I could never get away from your presence. If I go up into heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the Father's ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. So in other words, David understood you couldn't get away from the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to visualize like this. Now, Jesus is in heaven with the Father. So there's heaven, there's earth, there's any other planet you can think of, the Holy Spirit got a big circle all around that. He's all present. So he's in heaven. He's here. He's, and that's why he is so powerful and strong. He's the one that breathed life into us. You know, when God formed dust of the earth, he just kind of took the ground, formed man. He said, I'm going to breathe life into him. And I believe that the Holy Spirit was in action and he goes... And we became this powerful, unique being. And man has been studying our innermost being inside of us, how we were 
designed so well. And it's, a, it's just an amazing work. All of that is the Holy Spirit in action. So now that we understand that, we understand how powerful, how strong He is, then how much more would we need Him in our life? Whenever we need anything, the Holy Spirit's right there. <laughs> you know, we don't have to go way off somewhere to try to find God. We can find God by just inviting the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful thing. He can take what Jesus wants to speak to us, what the Father wants to say to us. He can take it and He can reveal it to us. That's how powerful it is. He is our guide. He will guide us into all truth. I remember uh, when I was in high school, uh, well, I, I say I graduated from high school, and uh, right after my graduation, my uncle came down, and we had already made the decision I was going to go back with him, and I was going to work on his ranch. And uh, I was so excited about this, I'm going to be a cowboy. Oh, man, I was ready. I was ready for all of it. Man, I'm going to be a real cowboy. And he had about, he was getting in about 5,000 heads of cattle. So it was a pretty big ranch. And so needless to say, one of my jobs was to saddle up every morning, to saddle up all the cowboys' horses. You know, me being a low man on the pole, the young, the young guy, so my job was to go in and uh, saddle up these horses. Now, there was one horse that I want to tell you about. And he was one of the, he was the head cowboy's uh, horse that he rode the most. He wasn't his horse. He was belonged to my, my uncle. Uh, but he was the one he wanted to ride. And truth be known, everybody wanted to ride him. But the unique thing about this horse is that he was, uh, from the time he was a little colt, he had uh, this little five-year-old boy playing with him, with this colt all the time. He would take, this little five-year-old boy would take a rope around his back and in between his legs, be hanging on this rope and the, the horse would move around and he was so careful uh, with that boy. He was going to make sure he didn't hurt that boy. Oh boy, bit. That boy would take the rope around his neck and he'd hang he with his feet up in front of his chest. And that horse would just walk. <laughs> that boy on there. So needless to say, when they got ready to break him, there was no breaking to be done. He was already uh, trained. He was already a gentleman. He was... Already just ready to just throw the saddle on him and they just start training him. Now, what they called uh, horses for cattle, they called them quarter horses. Now, quarter horses, what they were trained to do is round up cattle. So, anytime a cattle would try, there would always be a, a calf or a steer that would try to get away from a cow. So, this horse would run out there and he would get in front of that calf and he he said, no, go back to where you belong. And that deer or calf is doing everything he can to get around that horse. He said, no, I'm not. And the horse says, yes, you are. And so he just does his stuff. 
Okay, and if you've ever seen a quarter horse in action, oh, it's a beautiful thing to watch how they, you know, jump, jump around, keep that steer from going by them. So this horse, Bob, was the best at it. And uh, every time, as I was saying, every time we had to go and rattle him up, there's a unique thing about him. He loved his work. He loved what he did. All I had to do was take the bridle and hold it up, say, hey, Bob. Bob would turn his head, and here he come. He'd come trotting up to me, and he'd stick his head right in the bridle. Now, the other horses, I had to get wheat in my hand, put the, bride behind, the bridle behind my back. And, hey, guys. Ooh, come on, guys. And then, I'd, and then the horse would come up there and I'd put my hand gently around him. And then, oh, and then, oh yeah, I got to go to work today. But Bob, he was ready to go all the time. Now, I'd, after I'd been there for a while, my girlfriend, which has happened to be my wife now, she and her brother came to visit us. And Lisa's always had a dream ever since she was a little girl, uh, being on a ranch and riding horses, you know, that, that was her dream. She thought that in heaven, they would just be horses, all kinds of horses she could ride. And so I was going to grant some of that. So I said, y'all come on up and I got, we can go horseback riding. So she was excited about that. And so we had this horse that we called Rusty. And he was old, rusty. And uh, he was an older horse. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'll put her on the old horse, you know. And at the time, I, I really, if I'd really thought it, I was young, trying to impress my girlfriend. But I'm thinking, you know, no, I want to be on Bob. Because I, I would look really good on Bob, yeah. <laughs> you know, and she just see what a real cowboy I am, you know. And uh, so we're out, and we're riding, and uh, we've been riding for a while, and so we turn around and start to come back. So I said, you want to run for a little bit? And I said, sure. So we, we got up and got to running, and then Elisa's hollering, stop. And so we, we, we start trying to stop, and then this horse just keeps going. He's going as fast as he could go, and so... Here's, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Elisa almost pull back as far as she can go. She has the range on both hands, and she's jerking just as hard as she could jerk. And that horse is not phasing. He says, I'm going home. I'm going to the barn. There ain't nothing going to stop me. And so he kept going, and Elisa was doing everything she could to stop that, and she trying to hang on and all that. And so he comes, and as he comes around the corner, we have some great big trees trees around the barn, and she comes right up to that tree, right under it. So she has to really, and she just knows for sure she, that tree is going to knock her off the horse. So he barely makes it around that horse, and it looks like he's going to head right through the barn. 
He's not stopping for the barn. He's just going right through it. Or either that or he's going to jump over the fence. He comes right up to it and he just dead stops. You know, and <laughs> so we we had backed off because we were just hoping he would help him slow down. Stop, but he didn't. So we finally got there. By the time we got there, Lisa was just in tears. She was shaking. She was so scared and she was so shook up, I had to literally pick her up, carry her to the pickup. And we took her back to the house, and then that afternoon, she came back and she told me, she said, we're going to go riding tomorrow again. Because she wasn't going to let that experience take away her, her dream of riding horses. And that really terrified her. She said, we're going to go riding again tomorrow, so I'm riding your horse. And so she, she, we come back the next day and she got on Bob. And then when she's riding Bob and uh, she's, she's just going through there, oh man, you know, and Bob just, just easing right along. And if you remember, I tried to show you a picture of what Bob looks like up here. Do we have that? And uh, that's, that's not Bob, but he, he looks almost like him. He had only three white socks, but he was muscular like that, very muscular, every, every muscle you could see in his body because he just worked every day. So Lisa's riding this horse, and she's just barely fine. And then she, she jerks the reins, and he stops, and he almost went over uh, on top of him. And, oh, man. He stops. And, uh, and I said, yeah, you got to be very sensitive with him because he will take you off. He will respond quickly. And I said, don't kick him because if you kick him, he'll probably leave you in the, in the dust. He will jump up and run. And so, oh, she just loved that. She just said, no, she kept saying over and over, this is a horse. I can't believe you put me on that on that old horse. And I had to, I, I would have to say that that day as I saw her riding on that horse, I said, now that's, that's one pretty girl. And I said, that's the girl that I'm going to marry right there. So that kind of initiated all of that, you know, all from the horse, you know. So she did look good on that horse, believe me. And uh, so the reason I told you that story is that Rusty, he had a lot of good stories about when he was younger. But as he got old, he just became stubborn. He became to a point where he was heading home. And he, we just couldn't use him anymore. So he ended up being in the barn. So, you know, if we want to continue to be used, and, we're, and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit being our guide. If we want the Holy Spirit to guide us, then we have to come to this point where we say in our life, I want to surrender my all to you. I don't want, it, I don't want what I want. And we don't ever want to become like old Rusty where we're heading back to the barn. We're more comfortable in the barn. But we want to continue. I, I want to live out my days Always saying, here am I, Holy Spirit. You guide me. 
I want you to be able to use me. Because the truth is, he wants to use every one of us to spread the good news of Jesus. Now, the other one I want to tell you about is Linus. Linus was my C&I dog. And a lot of people, one of the first things they would say to me, is said, how did he know where to go? You know, I, he, did you tell him? And I said, well, he, I have to know where I'm going. He's only going to follow my lead, whatever my command is. Well, you're blind. How can you know where you're going? Well, I still have to know up in here. And so he responds to commands like forward, left, right, to the elevator, to the escalator, find an elevator button. He will point his nose at the button. Find a, an empty chair. If I get on this train station, I say, Linus, find a chair. And he's going to find an empty chair and he's going to stick his head in it. And so I just follow, I just put my hand down and follow his head, and I know that's the empty seat, and I can sit there. So he, he only can do what I tell him to do. But he has been trained to take me around. Options, anything that will hinder me, that will be a hazard to me, that could, could injure me. He keeps me from running into people, keeps me from running over curbs and uh, trash cans. Any objects, he's going to take me around those things. And if I get into the street and I say, uh, we're going to cross the street. And I, as far as I know, it's clear. The traffic is stopped. Say, forward, Linus. If, there, if there's cars coming, he ain't going. And he said, no, we ain't going, buddy. There's some cars coming. And then uh, when the cars are by, then I say forward again. Then he says, okay, it's clear. And he goes. Now, when he starts going, he, he wants to get me across the street as fast as he can because he doesn't want me hanging out on the street because he's afraid some cars will come and get us. So he takes off and says, you better be holding on, you know. And just, you know, and he's going to get you across there. And he stops before the curb to let you know there's a curb there. And you feel the curb and you jump over the curb. And then you tell him where you want to go from there, forward, left, right to the curb, if I tell him if I was going to turn and go across the street again and say right to the curb, he takes me right to the curb. The amazing part about uh, his ability, if I go into a restaurant, restaurant was the hardest for me to navigate because I just come in from outside. I'm literally blind. I can't see at all. My eyes can't adjust to the daylight and being so dark. And so tell him, uh, we're here for a table, table two or three. And so Casper will, I mean, I'm sorry, Linus. Linus will sit, sit down out there beside me. People are coming and going at the dress. And waitress will come up and say, I got your, got your table. She turns around, walks off. He jumps up and he follows her without me saying anything. And he follows her and he follows her around the tables. And when he gets to the table, he jumps underneath the table and right in front of a chair so I can get right in a chair. Smooth, smooth transaction. I don't need to see anything. And I trust him. I trust him completely that he's going to get me there. And so uh, 
Linus was always had his eyes on me. 24-7, he was always with me. Where I was sleeping, where, where I was at my office, wherever I was at, he was always there. So he, he was used to that. And his whole mission, his whole purpose in life was to look after me. And he did it good. And when we were, uh, I went to World Services in Blind in 2015 to be certified in assistive technology. Some of our classmates, we went to the, the gym, and in the gym I had a huge swimming pool. And so we went to swim, and I put Linus down on one end, and I got in the swimming pool, and we were swimming. And after we got done swimming, the lifeguard came over and said, man, that is one amazing dog you have there. I said, well, thank you. You know that he never kept his eye off of you once. The whole time you were swimming. And there was a couple of times that you went down under the water and he stood up to try to see you. And we were thinking in any moment he was jumping in to go get you. But that time you came up and he, he saw you and so he sat back down. But he kept his eyes on you all the time. And so... That was a, the beautiful relationship that we had together. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Then there was the other dog that we got after Linus retired longer than both dogs. He lasted to over 11 years, 11 and a half years before he retired. And then they got me another dog called Blake. And uh, Blake, I only had him for about eight months. He was an energetic guide dog. He was full of energy. And uh, when, when I first got him, the, the trainer told me, he said, now, he may be too much for you. If you don't think you can handle him, that's okay. We'll, we'll try to get something else. I said, oh, no, I, I can do it. And uh, I like a fast dog. And boy, was he fast. I, I was almost jogging to keep up with him. You know, I just just going as fast as I could go. And... Uh, And so anyway, to make a long story short, he gets, he got so, he was so distracted by things around him. We would, I could be in Costco, and if somebody made eye contact with him, and there was a lady probably 30 yards, 30 feet from him, she looked at him, she made contact with him, and here he come. He says, I'm going to you. She come, he come right up to me, and she just, oh, And I said, no, lady, he's working. He's supposed to be, in a way. And uh, he was he was always running me into doors. He would get he get so excited, so a door come open, he just jumped right there, boom, right into that door. And so needless to say, I wasn't able to keep him. So we had to turn him back in. So in those those illustrations that I'm used, the only way that the Holy Spirit can use us is if we have to commit ourselves totally to Him. We can't be on our own agenda. We can't be distracted by things that are going around because they are distractions for us. And the Holy Spirit is, is trying to speak to us. Now, because He is as powerful and strong as He is, He's a gentleman. 
And he's very gentle with us. He's patient. He's patient with us. He's our comforter. He's going to guide us in all truth, but he will not force himself on us. So the more of the Holy Spirit we get is all based on how much we're willing to surrender. How much are we willing to say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, here am I. I want to be used. I don't want to be an old Rusty. And I don't want to be Blake. I want to be totally committed to you. I want to understand my purpose in life is for other people to come to know Jesus. For other people to know this wonderful uh, serving God that he is. And I know that you're going to do that through me. You see, the Holy Spirit uses one another. But we know the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to convict people of their sins and their need for a Savior. The greatest sin that people have that they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. That's the worst sin that we can commit is when we say, I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And why would someone say that? Because they can't see it. They can't grasp this idea that he's a person, but he's everywhere. That's why you hear him so many times say he's an it. But he's not. He's a person. And he wants to be your friend. He wants to reside in you. He wants to guide you. So 11 years ago, I was making a website. And I, I wanted people to know about Linus. So I'm going to show you just a three-minute little clip of what I said about Linus. So we're going to run that real quick, and then I'll come back and him. Linus. Come here. Come here. Come over here. Come over here. There you go. Good boy. You know, there's a special relationship that is developed between a man and his dog. Linus is especially special to me because not only is he just a friend to me, he's my guide dog. And he keeps his eyes on me 24-7. He always got to know where I'm at. And he's always interested in everything that I'm doing. Seems like all he does is dedicate his whole life in serving me. And I tell you, man, that, that developed a really special bond between us. You know, it helps me. It lets me think about our relationship with the Lord. You know, when I make a commitment that I'm going to serve Jesus with all of my heart, and, uh, and I'm so, my whole life is, is in Him, then I can picture Jesus doing this same thing, just petting on me like this and say, you're a special, you're a special guy. And uh, He takes pleasure in me. And, uh, and, and it just creates a special bond with us. 
And so there's nothing better than going through a journey, going through things together, knowing that you have somebody that they're with you going through it. With you, you're not, you're not going through it all alone. But you have a partner. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have Linus. He was brought to me from Guiding Eyes of a Blind from New York. And uh, he is a gift from God. God bless you. And I hope that you can continue to remember that you are not alone and that you do have a friend. And his friend is Jesus. And he wants to be intimate with you. And he wants to have a deep relationship with you. Now the beauty about our relationship with the Holy Spirit is he's so one with the Father and Son. And he's only going to speak what he hears Jesus and the Father say. So anytime that we want to a communion with Jesus and the Father, we get it through the Holy Spirit. And so now you have a decision to make. Do I, do I want to just have a Holy Spirit sometime? And then there's other times I just want to be able to do my own thing. If that's, if that's the way you've been operating, then you're, you're missing out on really being used by the Holy Spirit. Because the truth is, the Holy Spirit wants to engulf you. And He wants to be your guide. He wants to direct you to what He is doing. Because the truth is, He is working. He's not just... He wants people to experience the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's His whole purpose. And so he wants to, you and I to be a part of that. He wants people to, and the only way they are going to experience the Holy Spirit is by him moving through you and I. The things that we say, the things that we do, the things how we react. So my challenge to you this morning is will you make a new commitment that you say, Holy Spirit, I don't want just part of you. I want all of you. I want you to fill me up from head to toes. I want you to be in total control. I don't want to be a person that's so distracted by everything that's going on around us. But I want to be in tune with what you want to say and do in me right now. So the neat thing about this is if you're Visiting from, if you're watching from home, on Zoom, whatever, the Holy Spirit is there. Just as He is right here. So I want you to just open your hands and I'm going to ask Rebecca if she'll come and close in a song for us as a dear pants. It's full of water. And that's where we want We want to come so desperate for the Lord. So I, I want you to just do this with me. We're going to say a prayer together. And then I'm going to, we're going to finish with this song. And then during this song, we're going to have some people up here available to pray for you. If you want prayer, if you want uh, more of a Holy Spirit, 
in your life if you want, if you've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And even if you have, you can be rebaptized over and over. It's not a one-time experience. It's an ongoing experience. And so you can come and and we will uh, our team will lay hands on you and pray and impart the Holy Spirit into your life. So if you'll stand with me and uh, just stretch out your your arms, your hands. And if you're watching from Zoom, I want to encourage you to do the same thing wherever you're at, at home, uh, in your living room, driving in a car, wherever you're at. I want you to just take your, if you're able to, take your hands and just hold them out. And I want you to say this prayer to the Holy Spirit. We're talking to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you. Come. Fill me now with your presence. I want to make a new commitment to follow you wholeheartedly. I want to be used by you. And I want you to reveal to me the Father's will for my life. Amen. Now I want you to just keep your heart open. And as you're saying that prayer, Holy Spirit, come. You're what I need. You're what I long for. He will come. He's a gentleman and He will come. He's right here. He's right here ready to come into your heart and just be glorified and magnified in you. And he can use so that you can be used. So that's, it's a personal experience. No matter what I say or what somebody else says, you need to experience the Holy Spirit for yourself. And you need to just totally uh experience what it is to have that best friend that is always guiding you and directing you. So I want that for you. And the good thing about that, when we totally yield ourselves like that individually, when we come together corporately, watch out. So I'm telling what God can do with us corporately when we come with that one mindset. Says, I don't have an own I don't have an agenda. I don't have anything to do but follow Jesus. What the Holy Spirit says is what I want to do this morning. Amen. You're blessed and uh, have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. Amen.